Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Welcome to my official author podcast. My name is Dr. Jennifer Lowry, and today I want to talk with you about going to author events. This is so important, guys. I cannot even tell you how productive it is to go to an author event near you if you have an opportunity. Now, I will be honest, where I was from, we did not have opportunities like this. But if I would have known better, (laughs) I could have once a year gone to a conference, but now I know. So there is state and national reading conferences, and authors populate there, and they get to share their craft and their work, and it is amazing. And I'm just very blessed that I had the opportunity to go this year. I've never been before, never quite could get myself out there to go but as you know this is the year for challenges and challenges to be accepted (laughs) so when I had an opportunity to go to the conference I made arrangements for my kids and I took off and last night I had a wonderful evening an awe-inspiring evening and I had my dream journal right there with me which i told you guys is like my author journal now and i carry it with me wherever i go um and i'm sitting in the audience in a in a quaint environment even though it was just the author in his jeans and his bow tie and his name was okay if you guys want to look him up lester laminick he's a children's literature author amazing speaker i just wanted to hug him now y'all i'm a hugger and i just wanted to hug him i didn't because i don't know if his husband would like that or not but i'm telling you i absolutely adored this man and i took so many copious notes just as emotions started hitting me from all over the place when he was talking and it was magical to me so I really encourage you to go out there and find an event near you and see if your public library is holding events See if a book club near you is having anybody special come in to speak. See if you have a, like for me, I want to join the Romance Writers of America. And I want to join my local chapter. That's all my to-do list. Honestly, it is my my darlings out there in podcast land. Um, But as you know, I've got a very long and extensive to-do list by now when it comes to finances. Um, So maybe I can make that big membership leap 
because I know that they hook you in with other authors um, and surround you by people in the workshops. So I see the value of this stuff, guys. I really do. Just for your own community, just to build your own community of supports. Because even though the author, Lester, he was not talking directly to me, he was talking to just a room on a tour, I felt like he was speaking to my heart. So here's how it all started. I go into this room and there's not many people there and I, I could identify the author right away. He was just very confident, very relaxed, talking with a table, and I just knew it was him. Even without, you know, having previously, like, studied his photograph or whatever. I mean, it was in the bulletin, but I just had this feeling, this is him. So, they had desserts, and y'all, they had banana pudding up in there. Now, that's, that's my birthday cake. Banana pudding is what my mom used to make me every year. So, of course, I'm going to go to birth to my banana pudding. But they had these sweet little desserts and coffees and tea, cake. And it was just so elegant. And I go to my table, and I'm, I'm kind of sitting sideways. So, that way, I can not stalk him too much but I still wanted to hear just his way of communicating with the table and he just small talked no author talk just you know regular talk I want to tell you something that I noticed too about myself um, I gotta probably get better at the, at the small talk piece because it's really hard for me when I get around a bunch of people just to talk about nothing and anything at all so that's something that I'm going to be praying about. You know, I'm focused. I'm ready to talk about, you know, this or that. Or like with the podcast, I'm ready to share with you guys. And, um, so after, you know, everybody comes in and they give time. They give like an extra five minutes. And of course, I got there five minutes early. So, you know, we're kind of sitting around 10, 15 minutes. And then they introduce him. And when he stands up, he just starts pulling his books out, one after the other, after the other. And I loved how he was. He was like, now I've got a presentation I can give, or we can do a Q&A. It's however you want to play the game. And it started right away. With him opening up that way, just to see, people started raising their hands. People started asking questions. And the whole two hours, was straight Q&A and storytelling from Q&A. And I had my note book in front of me, my, my journal book. And first I wrote dream job because, you know, capture that. Capture what he's done. He is a retired professor. I would love to be a professor. Um, my doctorate degree is organizational leadership with Christian ministry. I would love um, to teach New Testament and the the works of Paul and so you know that is a dream job of mine to become a professor or work with um, learners just however the Lord sees me fit in that arena and he also talked about his collection of books and he said he had over 3,000 children's literature books and I'm like, wow, you know, 
my husband's not going to let me go nowhere near that many amount of books in my home because he even made me take out plenty of books that I had to go through them and take them back to my office at work. <laughs> we don't even have a bookshelf in my home. I know, I know you're shocked, but but he's like a complete minimalist. Like when you go into the house, there's like nothing around. Um, trust me, I had tons of bookshelves uh, in my previous house, like a closet with a bookshelf in it, another room with the bookshelves in it, um, more bookshelves in another room. But up here, not a single bookshelf. Yes, as I know that sounds so depressing and sad. So I have a wonderful, messy bookshelf in my office at work that is just needing a new bookshelf companion. So I got distracted. So I'm watching him speak and he would get distracted. And then he would say, oh, miss my age. Where was I at? Pull me back. And then the audience member would just pull him back because he would say, oh, I want to tell you about this. And then he would keep talking. He was saying, what was it I was going to tell you about? And then the, the audience member would be, boom, it was about this. What was your favorite this? And so some of the questions, you know, was typical. You know, how long did it take you to research the king of bees? Because he's not a beekeeper, because he doesn't have an extensive um background in that it took him nine months to write that picture book and here's what i found fascinating it's i've always been interested in beekeeping um i even told the boys in the past you know for homeschool we need to go to a farm and we need to go talk to beekeepers just so we can see their process and just watch how nature works and the importance of bees and so you know that's always been on something like I would love to do. So I'm extremely fascinated by also listening to people who are knowledgeable about things. I just love to listen to people talk about things that they love. And it was clear that he had done his research. And he was spouting out the facts, people, telling all about what's the smoke used for and the pheromones and then he explained it how a, how a child would need to hear it like your grandma's house smells a certain way or your granny's house and he's exactly right I can remember those smells so that whole experience of watching him discuss the research I actually wrote in my journal I'm ashamed of myself because it was the second time in that day because I did another author talk I wanted to share that one as well because it was a completely different setup it was a it was like a it was a closing day event where hundreds of teachers went and so it was kind of like a keynote speaker so that was a completely different environment than the cozy wonderful you know desserts and coffee with Lester um and I did get pieces from both, but I loved the experience from, from the two hours that I spent with this author. So I felt ashamed of myself because I know how much time that I put into sweet potato. And I want to be able to articulate that in the ways that when people hear me speak about it, they know that as well and that means i've got to go and get current numbers current statistics and be able to speak about some of the things that are facing my characters in the book 
And so I, I've got that as something that I'm truly going to um, research in the next few months. And I'm going to read and I'm going to collect articles and I'm going to look up journals. And I did help. I was on um, a review uh, for a dissertation and I did a lot of research on this too last year. And last year before, uh, while I was going through my revisions, I was spending a lot of um, time in research. But last year is last year. And this year is this year. That's what I learned from being in the keynote. When the keynote speaker gave me uh, statistics from 2016, my researched brain, he didn't even give me where he was pulling this number from. And I'm like, this is not an arbitrary number. You can't just go around and say 22% of books are diverse. Because I'm thinking, no, there's probably more than that. In my mind, I'm thinking, no, we we are in our own voices movement. And I'm, with that own voices movement, I'm sure that there's been a lot more books that have been representative of people of color than 22%. So there has to be a rise within the last three years. So publishers are being very cognizant of that now. And I want to see the new numbers. And so I typed in 22% books of color. And sure enough, it's an NPR article from 2016. So now that's on my to-do list to check out the numbers and see the growth and, you know, maybe find a 2019 published article that gives those publishing numbers and be able to have a chart like that on a presentation for someone to show that growth over time and to show why this matters so much um, for, you know, readers. So that's important to me. So the research I did last year, sure, I'm, I'm very happy that I did that, but I'm ashamed that 2019, that's not something that I've done. I've been doing more research, as you guys know, on marketing and promotions and, and book teams, launch teams, and you know, writing and, and keeping up with social media and doing everything that I'm doing that I need to stay current on my work, on my topic, on my themes. So I'm definitely gonna to spend some time within the next few months preparing myself because when he went through all of that and then he said, on my website, you can find all of the flowering plants that you need to really keep around you for bees and butterflies I'm thinking oh my gosh I wrote that down and I'm like I don't ha I do have a section that says books but there is something that I said I was gonna do from the very beginning because Nicole Conway has it on her website and she writes fantasy she's a part of my publishing company She's a best-selling author, and she does a special section for homeschool families. And she was homeschooled. Or, um, she has a little story on there. It's a little blurb about it. Um, it's been a while since I've been on her website, but I, will, I know it's her. I'm going to go back and check again just for um, 
just to make sure. And if I made a mistake, I'll come in and I'll, I'll give you guys a side note at the end of this. But she has a four educators button on her website. Why in the world have I not done this yet? Well, one, the book isn't out, so maybe that's going to give me some released pressure. But I wrote that down in my journal as a to-do list over the summertime, is to develop a four educators because she had homeschool connections on there. And I definitely want to have that for my families. I want to have homeschool connections and K-12, well, 6-12 connections on how this can be modified and adapted for a younger voice for read aloud pieces. You know, if you did, if you were not able to read the whole, how could you use it as a mentor text? So I'm gonna do some mentor text material work for younger grades. So that way, if they are working on social issues, yet the book is uh, really geared towards YA, how could a middle grades teacher pick this book up and still be able to say, you know, when you're older, you're able to read this book but right now you can use this excerpt and we can talk about this and then it can springboard into this next assignment or this next nonfiction piece that they might be reading on gang violence or homelessness or drug abuse or 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 whatever community involvement you know whatever it is that you know that I can pull from that for multiple you know mentor text pieces I know that I'm not going to be able to do the excerpts until my book is released and I have those um, rights from the publisher to be able to give excerpt pieces. Uh, but that is something that I want to work towards and to provide those free resources for the teachers to go on my site. I'm not going to link them to Teachers Pay Teachers and have them go and buy something. Um, if they get my book, that's, that's good enough and, and then I'm going to provide this for them for free. So, I'm like, why in the world, you know, have I not thought of these things recently? It took me sitting in that room when I heard him say on my website, there's about flowering plants. And then that reminded me of the Nicole Conway. And then that brought up to mind about doing mentor text selections for various grade levels. And for my having a homeschool section on my website. So, that led me to think about homeschool families and so here I am generating all of these ideas and I'm going you know I'm challenging adults and my next challenge book is going to be an author challenge devotional you guys know that that is coming out in December so you know I already have that in the works and this time it's going to be modeled after the Steve Martin book that I read where he includes pictures so I've been taking tons of pictures this year to document and just give you guys a snapshot into my world um, and into these challenges. But then I was thinking, you know what? I've not done a young adult challenge book. And I challenge my children all the time. And so why not? Why haven't I done this? So, so then I was thinking that could be another challenge book because there have been, uh, last year I put out two challenge books. I might do a young adult version, like a companion to the mom challenge. Because children today, they have such opportunities, even more so than what I would have ever had with the internet 
So I'm, I'm praying over that. I don't know what the Lord is going to do with that. He might not do anything with that this year. But somehow last night, that seed was planted while I was sitting in that audience. Had nothing to do with what he was saying. <laughs> you see how my mind was working as I was soaking in all of the loveliness of a book talk? So I felt ashamed. I felt really guilty. I became very reflective and I wrote notes. This is something that you will research this year. Okay, after that, they moved on. You know, what are your books that inspire you? And I loved how he talked about his favorite books. Now, he listed out five of his favorite authors, and they were children's literature authors. Ezra Keats and you know, Jacqueline Woodson, and he was naming names that we would all know in that audience. And there was a name on his list that I wrote down in my notes that I'd never heard of before, and so I can't wait to investigate because I love children's literature. I love middle grades. I'm reading the middle grades right now um, for the podcast for tomorrow. But I adore reading, read-alouds. I've worked at K-12 for 20 years, guys, and a lot of my experience has been in the elementary school. I have not been a high school teacher forever. High school came later in my career. So I have tons of experience working with K-6 population. So just hearing those names just made me smile because it brought back special memories of reading to my students at school and picking up you know like for me like picking up amazing grace and and just picking up stella luna and oh my gosh i could i could name and name books so I love that he chose books that inspired him that were in the same genre that he writes. And then he said, guys, guess what I do when I get stuck? He said, I have a basket of books that are my favorites. And he listed them out beside me at my desk. And he said, when I get stuck, I just take the book, a book, a random one out of the basket. And then I just go and I read. And I quoted him. Because I've heard this said before in a different way. I've heard it on YouTube. I've heard authors talk about this. And they say, I got out of my, I got into a book. I read a book to get out of my own story. And he said something like that, but I quoted it directly. And he said he just spends time, and, and maybe it's a word choice, maybe it's the language, maybe it's the scene. Maybe it's just the, the freedom of the read. And then he said, and then I'll go and ride my tractor. And I'll cut grass. And that's what I said, you know, I tell people, take a walk. I, I encouraged someone the other day. They were saying, you know, I'm stuck. Give me some help. And I said, go out into nature. You know, do you have a beautiful day where you are? Because we have a gorgeous day. And I had taken the boys fishing. And I'm like, so it's on my mind, you know, fishing is something fun for me to do we caught us seven fish y'all my lucky number and we caught seven between the three of us we were so ecstatic um so you know i'm like go out just just get away from the house just a minute you know just a hot minute get out there so um he talked about that as a strategy that he uses too when he gets stuck and i loved read to get out of your own story
and then that can help you get right back into yours. So read what inspires you. And so then, you know, to me, you know, the typical questions was, you know, who inspired you to write? And he brought up a teacher. And I loved his story of his teacher. And I went home last night, and at 12 o'clock, I found my ninth grade English teacher that made a profound effect upon my life. I found her on Facebook, and I friended her. And I didn't want to send her a message because she's an elder. I did not want to send her a message that late. But today, I'm going to send her a message and say, Do you remember me? Um, and I hope that she will message me back. Miss Brownie Weatherington made a huge impact. Miss Joan Carroll was a great influence to me. Miss Locklear, my librarian. Miss Hirsch, my librarian. You know, Miss Aiken. I can call out all of these names of people in my high school experience from 20 plus years, 30 years ago. And I can see them right in front of me. And that's what was happening to me last night. And I was getting a little emotional. Now, my mom's birthday's today. So I'm emotional anyway because of this time. And so I know about, that might have had something to do with it. But I was thinking about how my mama gave me my typewriter for my eighth grade graduation and how my mama read my books and, and what she did for me in my life. And I got so choked up and I kept trying to fight the tears and I kept trying to focus on, you know, what's next? What is he gonna say next that can help me, can help me grow? And then they said, well, what are you reading now as an adult? And I laughed about that because I work so hard for the podcast that I often don't have time now to read um, in my adult world other than my Bible because I'm reading for preparation each week. You know, but if I had the choice, you know, what am I choosing to read? And so that's an important question that we need to have ready, too. And it was just great. The storytelling. Uh-oh. The storytelling was on point. And I just, I really feel like going to these events. I'll be back, guys. All right, I'm back. I don't know. I just started feeling um, sick a minute. Um. I hope I'm not coming down with something. With me being around all, like, hundreds of people yesterday, uh, who knows. Um, but going to these events can be a very powerful tool for you just to learn not only how authors hold events, but what they do and how they communicate and how they engage an audience. I love the story when he talked about preparation and notes because you guys know that I don't have any <laughs> I just allow the Holy Spirit to step on in, and He's already there. He's not stepping in. He's in, um, but just to take over and just speak what needs to be spoken, and you guys go along for the ride with me, and I do believe that that is the way that I will also live this author life, just from that place of real and authenticity and in the moment and allowing the Lord to use me in whatever capacity that might be for that audience. And he said he put down bullets, like when he had to do this big timey 
keynote. You know, don't forget to talk about this reference. Tell this story, tell that story. And he wrote three bullets down, and that was all that he had. And people just knew that he, the, the person who had him to speak, just knew that he had had this elaborate speech planned. And, you know, he was wonderful, and how did he do it? And he was like, no. And that's what I did when I did uh, a women's keynote before. I wrote my Bible verses down because those were the Bible verses that the Lord had drawn me to to speak on. And I moved from those Bible verses. And so as I prepare for my Mother's Day brunch that I'm um, going to be a keynote at, I know that I'm going to just have my verses with me. I'm going to have my bookmarks ready, which the first time was just strips of paper that I'd cut <laughs> that had the bookmarks at the top of how I was to go. And then after I said those, I pulled the bookmarks out as a way of not getting lost within, you know, where am I turning? Um, and so I, I moved the bookmark out and put it to the side. And when I got to my last bookmark, I knew that at least those were the ones that God had given me then, but what could he continue to give me? And so I was very open to living in that moment. And I felt like that was a, a wonderful, um, that was two years ago when I did one of those. And now I'm about to prep for a new one. So um, in just a couple of weeks, so I'm going to probably use that same strategy. So having the bookmarks there, I think, is important for me in the Bible. And I would carry those around. I would carry the Bible around with me for talks um, anyway. So just in case, you know, someone asks me, you know, what is inspiring me, I would maybe read a verse if the Lord would bring me to a verse or um, talk to them about my, you know, the ways that, you know, the way that, you know, I connect with the Holy Spirit and pray or, or you know, a verse that strengthens me when I get, you know, overwhelmed or, you know, so I'm going to have that with me. Um, so I really liked when he said that and he talked about being real and he talked about being on a panel and how everybody was really snobby on this panel and he just spoke and then after it was over somebody that he highly respected another best-selling author was like you know you're my soul brother because you just you're you and i'm like that's 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 what i want you know i just want to be me just uniquely me and i think we can take that with us and try our best to just be who we are and to let the Holy Spirit speak through us and not get ourselves so worked up. And he talked about that too. He talked about the nervous energy that he knows so many authors that do this for a living and that each time it's their time to speak, that's what happens with them, that they get all of this nervousness. Um, so we're not alone in that, guys. Um, I was very glad to hear that too. That made me feel good about life. Um, but he talked about, you know, his grandchild. He went on to just tell stories and family anecdotes. And I just loved it all the way around. And even though the two hours was up, you, you know, everyone was so there in that moment. I was watching the faces of people. And um, he brought joy to that room. Just joy was there living in that room. 
and when it was over, um, no, I didn't go up and do the fan, take a picture with me, and because I'm embarrassed about doing stuff like that. It's hilarious. I, and one day somebody's gonna ask to take a picture with me, and I'm gonna, of course, take one. But me going up, like I got, I bought a book, and I didn't get the author to sign it yesterday. Um, and I had that opportunity. So odd. But I gave away one of my Matt De La Pena books that he autographed for me to a kid who. I was trying to inspire to read, and he loved soccer, and I tried to hook him in. I'm like, look, this is my autographed copy. Most people would have said, why did you do that? You know you're never going to get that back. Well, then there's a Matt De La Pena book out there circulating, and maybe it's really, you know, going to hook in with that kid that he's got that autographed copy. Um, but going back to, you know, after it was over, I just looked at him, and I'm like, thank you for sharing you know, thank you for speaking your memories because while you did that, you know, I had such sharp recollections of my inspirations and my, you know, experiences that I got emotional and I said I had to try to fight back tears a couple of times. And I said, I really thank you so much. And I gave him my little heart symbol and I'm like, I just, I love you. And, and I walked away and I said what I needed to say and I walked away and then I'm like, okay, either, you know, he's going to think I'm absolutely crazy or he's going to say, oh, wow, I made an impact on that, that, you know, person out there in that audience. And I hope that that's what he comes away with thinking. Um, but I just, you know, I thanked him for being that way. And yes, I wanted to talk with him about, um, own voices because he brought up some excellent points about that and he's going to be writing um, a civil rights book and I love his take on it that perspective um, keeping that he's using I just love that um, and I did want to continue my conversation with him but I just there were so many people around him that was not the time but I say to you Take your journal with you because I took like seven pages, eight, ten pages. I mean, y'all, I kept flipping of constant notes, just of things that were inspiring me, um, what I loved, quotes that he said. I was just writing it all down. And I wrote, I am ashamed that I don't know the 2019 numbers like I should. So I'm definitely going to be doing a lot more work. So, I hope you guys have a blessed one, and please say a prayer for me today. Um, I'm not feeling well. It just hit me all of a sudden. But, uh, you have a blessed one. Bye. If you're looking for my challenge devotionals on Amazon, go right on over and type in Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry, and you'll see my 30-Day Everyday Mom Challenge my 30-day teacher challenge, fingerprint curriculum for my home school families, and one that's closest to my heart is the Happy Renewal Year Challenge devotional. I dare you to go and check them out today. You can also find that they're on Kindle Unlimited because I want you guys to have access. I often put them up for free uh, promotional items. I'll do countdowns. Um, so that way, you can grab one, you can gift them with a friend, you can share them out on your sites, and people can go on this journey with us. In December of 2019, look out for the release of my author challenge devotional. 
I'm looking forward to that one and sharing it with you. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.